Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Mindful Self-Care Podcast. I am your host, Chelsea, and today I am joined by Jill Mollering. Jill started her career as a functional nutrition therapy practitioner in 2019, captivated by the profound impact diet and lifestyle changes could have on overall health and wellness. She was trained to identify and support imbalances while getting to the root cause of a person's symptoms. At the beginning of her career, Jill concentrated on eliminating detox diets, where she witnessed firsthand the profound effects of diet on both physical health and emotional well-being. However, she was also confronted with the challenge of maintaining healthy eating habits post-detox, grappling with emotional and binge eating. Realizing that restriction-fueled cravings, Jill shifted her focus to a holistic approach that is rooted in a simple belief. Good health should be a source of enjoyment and empowerment, not a never-ending battle with restrictive diets and guilt-ridden choices. Her aim is to equip individuals with the knowledge, skills, and mindset required to make lasting changes in their health and effortlessly maintain a healthy weight. Her anti-diet philosophy centers on the idea that it's possible to nourish your body, achieve your wellness goals, and still savor the foods you love. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jill. She has some really great ways of breaking down information that maybe you've heard before, but in a different way that seems fresh and new. And so if there's any concepts with nutrition that you're kind of like, I'm not sure if that fits or it's kind of about self-love going away from kind of the, the diet industry and kind of focusing more on what is your body actually needing, Jill's got some great stuff for you today. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure you will as well. Jill, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yay. So we'll dive right in. Can you tell our lovely listeners a little bit about who you are and what self-care means to you? Yeah, my idea of self-care has obviously changed over the years. Um, Right now, it's really kind of evolved to having this intimate relationship with myself, if that kind of makes sense, where I can have compassion and grace and love and acceptance for myself and really do what I feel is best going to serve me in the moment. I love that. I feel like that was just such a beautiful, simple way of saying so many great things. Sums up. Well, I've worked on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what does kind of that look like in a practical standpoint? What are some of kind of the activities that you tend to do? What are some of the kind of that, that check-in, that compassion, that grace, that love that you, that you do for yourself? In the beginning, I used to think it was like doing certain things, like wake up and have a morning routine. Like that meant that I was taking care of myself, but sometimes that actually means like I'm going to sleep in in the morning or, you know, of course eating healthy, right. Is like one of the best ways to take care of our body. But what if self-care means I'm going to have frozen pizza tonight because I just am mentally taxed, emotionally taxed, physically taxed, or maybe I just want to go out and have ice cream with my family. Like that would best serve me. So it, it just depends on like what will best serve me. And then obviously I know, you know, what my goals are. It's not that I don't have any goals. So Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of that balance between what do you need right now, but what's also going to help you get to where you want to be. Yeah. And if I have frozen pizza, it's not like that's 
wrong, right? Like that's having compassion and grace and love for myself in that moment and just accepting that that's where I'm at and that's okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of like, yeah, listen about what your body needs. I'm a big cookie fan myself. Like I love me some cookies, Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes I also realize that, okay, eating the cookies is not actually going to make me feel better physically. It might be good for my soul, uh, which sometimes that is the most important thing, but sometimes it's, okay, I need to eat something with a little bit more nutrients in it, a little less sugar than the cookie, because that's what's going to make me feel my best. Actually, I went to breakfast with my husband this morning and I ordered some French toast with some eggs and some sausage and I was really happy about it. And he had this English muffin. He just wasn't finishing. I was like, well, I'll have it. And I ate half the English muffin. And I, I've i um, learned in my body that when my blood sugar starts to kind of spike a little bit more, my heart just starts to beat a little faster and I notice it more. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at, sitting at the table and I kind of felt my heart beating a little more. I was like, I probably don't need to have the other half of this English muffin because it's probably not going to make me feel very good physically. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not hungry right now. Like it would be purely a, um, eating it from a more of an emotional enjoyment standpoint, which is completely fine. But mm-hmm. I had to like kind of check in with myself of like, okay, this is this isn't really what's best for me right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So since we started talking about food, and I know that that is your area of expertise, I would love to hear what your definition of healthy eating is, because I have a feeling it's going to be different than maybe what like the internet or some other experts mm-hmm. out there would say. Yeah. If I were saying healthy eating, right, I think we all kind of know what healthy eating is. It's prioritizing whole real foods. Um particularly prioritizing protein, making sure you're getting fiber and healthy fats. But it's also about having balance because what I found is the more that we restrict and we can't have things, so whether it's like I can only eat clean or I have to eat only this many calories or I can only eat keto, you know, approved foods, that that restriction creates more of a desire to have those off-limit foods. And as not, you know, we are not perfect we will likely fall off of a diet plan or a meal plan. And when we have that type of restriction in place, what I see is that people kind of go all out, right? And then they just like completely fall off. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, kind of healthy eating and, and a little bit of balance. And I love that you were talking about having the awareness at breakfast. And that's like a huge piece of like, how is my body responding to certain foods? Because what's healthy for you might not be healthy for me. So I love just practicing that awareness around food and how we feel and tuning into that and using that as our guide. Awesome. All right. I have a couple of questions. I have them written down. So hopefully my brain will remember all of them. But one is we kind of talking about that awareness, body responding to different foods. What are some things that you would kind of encourage people to pay attention to, or how would you kind of coach someone who is not used to paying attention to how their body is reacting to foods to kind of start that process? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I mean, you had mentioned the heart rate. Um, things like mood is really significantly impacted by food. So kind of the ups and downs of our moods, mood swings, irritability, angry, then there's like the fatigue, so energy drops, or even being like hyperactive, you know, the heart racing and just like, you know, wired. Um, so there's that. Then there's like the digestive issues and there's also depression and there's anxiety. All of those things can be a result of what you're eating. How long does it take some of those symptoms to kind of occur? It can be immediately or it can be all the way up till the next day. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. So would you kind of recommend like having people do kind of a food journal um, and being able to start looking at patterns? Yeah, in the beginning that can be helpful, but then I I like to get away from being perfect. So sometimes mm-hmm. when, you know, we're just like, oh, I got to get it right. I think we can kind of we'll pay attention. The things that we're paying attention to often is like sugar, right? So sugar mm-hmm. has a huge impact on us and the amount of sugar, like you were saying, like, okay, I was okay with the French toast, but then I was really kind of pushing the limits there. So paying attention. Okay. Wow. I just had a lot of cake. And then today I feel depressed. And so, okay, that happens again. I'm like, wow, that was too much sugar. That's what happens to me is I get depressed if I eat too much sugar or I had an avocado and now I'm having digestive issues. So it, it's not as complicated, I think, as people want to make it out to be where we have to have these logs and everything analyzed and stuff like that. I love that because I, I think that's kind of the go-to, I feel like sometimes with nutrition stuff is like, we'll write it down, see if there's a pattern. And I know I'm like, I thinking about what I'm going to eat is pretty much as much as I want to think about my food. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a stint in college where I did macro counting for like a month mm-hmm. and I hated it because I had to track my food. I had to measure it. I was constantly thinking about what I was going to eat next. And while food journaling is not necessarily quite as intense as that, I mean, it can be if you're being really, really specific with what you're recording. Uh, but I am someone who, if you're going to want me to keep track of my food in a very detailed way, I'm not going to even be happy about it. It's really overwhelming to me, really stressful. Mm-hmm. And so I love that it's it's for you. It's more about finding those overarching patterns. Like, yes, you had cake yesterday. How are you feeling the next day? Mm-hmm. Um, you ate something a little bit different. You had a higher amount of something than normal. How is that impacting your body? And I also really like how you mentioned mood because I think that that's something that food, we don't talk about it a lot of how much our food does impact our emotional state. Mm-hmm. I've heard some things and I'm not an expert on this part, but that like our second brain is our gut. Mm-hmm. Is that something that kind of is related to how our food is impacting our mood? Yes, that, but also with our blood sugar. So when our blood sugar levels gotcha. kind of plummet and then there's also the relationship with food that impacts mm-hmm. our mood, right? So if I think food's bad and then I ate that food, what feeling is that then producing and how am I going to show up in my life? And you kind of said it like when it comes to stress, stress is so often overlooked when it comes to our emotional and mental and just physical well-being. When we are overly stressed, that is going to produce symptoms. So sometimes this like having to be perfect with self-care, this routine or having to follow this specific diet or, you know, write all this stuff down produces a lot of stress. And that shows up in our body as fatigue, uh, I mean, health issues. So de-stressing is part of whatever, you know, that's part of self-care is like less Mm -hmm. stress. Yes. I love that you said that because it it is, I feel like at its core, my definition of self-care is anything that gives you energy and stress takes energy. It's Mm -hmm. very exhausting to be stressed out. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, trying to make things simple, de-stressing. I think that's, that's a really good point. And I think especially in our society, there's, there is a very emotional relationship with food that often can be very negative. Unfortunately, at least it's kind of what I see out in the world. I know I have a tendency of being an emotional eater. Sometimes I don't realize how stressed I am until I've realized that I've gone to the pantry four times in an hour and Mm -hmm. I'm not really hungry, but I'm still looking for something to eat. And that's when I kind of go, 
oh, am I stressed out about something right now? Yes, there's this thing going on that is causing me some sort of anxiety, overwhelm, and stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, so wanting to develop healthy relationships with food, knowing that there can be a lot of like, this food's good, this food's bad. Um, we can make the foods that we're eating, consuming, mean a lot about who we are, what we are, if we're good or bad and all that type of stuff. What would be some of your recommendations for people that are wanting to heal their relationships with food? Getting away from being perfect and understanding that everyone emotionally eats from time to time. All right. So that's giving yourself some compassion and some grace and accepting that we're human. The problem is, though, when it becomes something that we're doing on a daily basis, where it's something where it's our only coping mechanism or it's our main coping mechanism. So, you know, healing the relationship with food is about, you know, stopping the restriction, prioritizing eating the right foods, but also just, you know, making the best, I I call it like do the best you can in any given moment, right? But then it's the self-care stuff, right? It's taking care of our mindset, how we perceive our reality in the world around us, um, dealing with limiting beliefs, dealing with like unhappiness in different areas of our lives. And so just addressing those things so that food isn't our only source of comfort. We've got these other tools that we're using. And then of course, you know, there's like the walking, the exercising, the sleep and stuff like that. That's a really good point. I know um, since I realize that I can be an emotional eater, I try to kind of pinpoint a little bit more of, am I wanting a certain food because of an emotional reason? Or is it because like I have a legitimate craving or something else? And I know like last week, my husband was teasing me because I kept saying, um, this is my emotional support food or my emotional support coffee. Mm -hmm. And there was one day uh, it was cloudy where I live. It was kind of just dreary weather. And I am someone who I do a lot better mentally when the sun is out. And so Mm -hmm. it was just, it was a dreary day. I was cranky about it. I knew I was cranky and I just, I really wanted Chick-fil-A for lunch. And I knew that I was getting in that Chick-fil-A line mostly because it was, I wanted that emotional kind of comfort food. Like I'm like, I want the sandwich. I want the fries. I want the Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And honestly, nine times out of 10, if I'm going to go eat places like that, I don't drink soda. So the fact that I also wanted the Dr. Pepper, I was like, yeah, there's, there's something going on. And I was in that line being like, do I want to make this emotional food choice? And I was like, yes, I do. I do not care. Mm-hmm. And I did. And that was totally fine. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean about, it doesn't mean anything about who you are as a person because you chose to yes. eat that. Yes. Yeah. And it was good. It was delicious. And I know like right now I'm pregnant. And so sometimes I have to go, is this a pregnancy craving or is this something else? And it was like, it was on a craving. I just, I wanted it for purely emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. It has taken me a bit to get to that point to be able to differentiate is this a food craving? Is this another reason of eating it? Does it just sound good? Or is it kind of an emotional motivator? Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're listening and you're like, I have no idea, that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine. And I did find myself as the week was going on, like the sun was coming out, the weather was getting better, but I still am like, well, I want to go get, I want to go treat myself to a coffee, which I didn't really need. I just wanted it. And so Mm -hmm. I also really appreciated how you said it's kind of about the pattern. Is it something you're doing every now and again? Are you feeling like you need that type of comfort food every single day? And so like Mm -hmm. last week was a week where I felt like I needed something every single day. And I did need to take some additional steps for some different types of self-care for my mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's fine. So I really like that you mentioned it's the pattern, not the one time here or there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So one of the things you were talking about was stress management. Um, what are some of your favorite stress management tools? All right. Well, one is so often overlooked and that is really our mindset. And I'm not necessarily talking about like affirmations, right? I mean, the visualization is super important and that affirmations are good, but it's how do we perceive the world? So often people that struggle with emotional eating feel like they're not enough. They're usually people that identify with being a perfectionist. So how does that show up then at work or in your parenting, right? So then you start to think, oh, so-and-so thinks this about me, or I'm failing as a mom. And you know what? These thoughts are so quick. We often don't even realize that they're happening. The way that I realize that they're happening is that I start feeling something. I have an emotion go on and I'm like, well, what am I thinking right now? Mm-hmm. That thought is a, a basically kind of a limiting belief. It's a belief that doesn't serve me. It's somehow I've adopted it through my, through my lifetime. And then I work on changing that belief. So um, our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions then create our actions and our actions create our results. And so kind of walking through that journaling, processing things. And like, yes, a belief is something that is, can be changed. It's not circumstantial. So it's like, is this actually true? Is it serving me? How's it making me feel? How's this happening? Because something else can also be true, right? Some one person can think that 85 degrees is a beautiful day outside, right? 85 degrees is the circumstance. And whether it's hot outside or really nice outside, is a belief, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? It totally does. I was actually okay. thinking since you brought up the weather, um, like when I'm like, oh, the sun's all gone and it's cloudy and it's dreary and foggy and bleh, it's going to be a crappy day. The, yes, the fact that it's cloudy outside is 100% circumstantial thing. That's mm-hmm. a fact. I can't change the fact that it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. I can change how it's making me feel because mm-hmm. I can have that like, oh, it's going to be a crappy day. Mm, mm-hmm. I just want to stay home and curl up underneath my blankets. Or yeah. I could be like, oh, well, it's just going to be a little bit maybe calmer of a day. How can I make my day cozier? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that's it's not an easy choice, I think, to make those mindset shifts. And I know kind of within like my own client work, my own personal work is it's finding that balance between allowing yourself to have a day where you're like, meh, I don't feel great. But then also being like, you are making a conscious choice to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, like there's a lot more complications if you're going to talk about like depressive symptoms and Mm -hmm. uh, neurochemistry in your brain, but I think for most individuals, most of the time, it is a choice of, are you going to allow yourself to feel one way or are you going to kind of catch yourself in that mindset mode and make a conscious choice to kind of shift it and to change it? And neither is right or wrong, but hopefully we all have more days where we choose to to move to a more positive place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned journaling and I just, I always like to kind of know what are some of your favorite journaling prompts? Like, do you use prompts? Do you just mm-hmm. kind of like to go and write? So I would love to hear kind of what some of your favorite journaling things are. Yeah, I have some prompts um, and I can make them available to your listeners if you want. But um, I go through first like being grateful. So the things that I'm grateful mm-hmm. for. And then I go through um, what I either admire, appreciate, or I'm proud of myself for. And I do that, you know, not out of kind of ego, but often what we 
we look at where we've fallen short or where we should have done better. And so we need to have balance, right? That's something that I easily go to. I don't need to practice that. What I need to practice more of is like the self-love, self-appreciation, right? So, um, so I do that. Um, and then I will go over, um, things I love about people in my life. So really kind of creating that love and my open heart. Um, and then I'll look at one area where maybe I did fall short. Maybe I am, you know, self-loathing or, you know, whatever, and, and just kind of, um, reconcile that and see how that is affecting my life. Um, and then I'll pray for people. So. I, I've heard the gratitude prompts. I feel like everyone's like, yeah, write down what you're grateful for. But I love how you added, like, what are you loving about yourself? What are you proud of for yourself? And then also like, what do you love about the people around you? Cause I think that that's taking gratitude to like a whole new level. Like, yeah, like it's gratitude's great. Like if I haven't done an episode on how awesome gratitude is for self-care, I should because mm-hmm. it is spectacular. It really is a great way to shift your mindset from the oh, well, was me, everything is terrible to the, okay, like things are actually not as bad as they seem um, type, that type of mindset. But I really like the, okay, what is it you're happy about with yourself and the people around you? Because I, I feel like that is a deeper level of gratitude and being able to consciously write that down is, is really impactful. And I'm going to have to add that to my own journaling practice. Yes. Yes. And I also like that you go back to like, what is something that you want to do better at? Like what's something you feel like you, you haven't been doing as good as you could be because it is about balance about it's how can you grow, but also like what is going well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one thing um, we were talking about a little bit earlier, but I kind of want to circle back to is when it comes to like eating healthy. Again, most people are aware of whole foods, nutritious foods, fruits, vegetables, proteins, things like that. We have a pretty good idea, um, but it it is about having that balance and not overly restricting your food choices. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what your thought process or kind of like how you help your clients think about when is it okay for you to pick the frozen pizza, to pick the quote unquote bad foods here on the Mindful mm-hmm. Self-Care podcast. We do not believe in bad foods, <laughs> um, but it's kind of being able to talk through like, when is it okay for you to go through the Chick-fil-A and have the Dr. Pepper versus when maybe going home and having the salad you originally planned on is a better choice? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, well, first, I think it starts with education, like understanding how food affects us, how, you know, sugars and certain foods affect our body. And then it's about having awareness. So then I want to start witnessing when I eat this food, how does it make me feel? And so that gets rid of like, we got to get out of that shame and guilt and become aware of how food's making us feel because the shame and the guilt and like the feeling bad, or I shouldn't have had that really just kind of keeps us stuck in that. But when we can look and be like, oh, wow, I'm so depressed today because I had that cake. So then the next time I'm offered cake, I get to make a conscious choice. Last time I had this cake, I was depressed and I wasn't able to show up very well at my job. You know, I I didn't show up for my family and it just really like a whole day was wasted because of the cake. So then I have to ask myself, do I want this cake today? So it's, it's easier like to make the choice from that point than it is to make a choice from you can't have the cake. Yeah. Right. Because it's bad for you well, then you're going to rebel. You're going to want the cake. So there's that. But it, I mean, that's also comes in with the self-love and 
and changing your relationship with yourself and food and all that. Um, but then there's another piece where it's doing the best I can and making upgrades. So for example, like I really wanted Chick-fil-A today. So then I'd say, well, maybe, you know, I want Chick-fil-A, but I don't really need the bun. Like maybe I just want Mm -hmm. the chicken sandwich. Like, would I be okay with that? Is that something so it's honoring like my desires while having that awareness and making the best choice for myself that I can. And that's how we kind of change our relationship with food and with ourselves. I love all that so much. So the kind of three pieces I pulled out from that was education, awareness, and kind of like those upgrades, those little changes. And I kind of want to break down down with those a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So like education, I, I have been in the health and fitness wellness field for, oh my goodness, like so long um, that sometimes I, I think take, I take for granted what the average person knows about health and wellness. Like I have conversations with clients more often than I would like to, that they're like, oh yeah, I don't eat carbs. And I'm like, you just told me about this gigantic salad that you just ate. And I don't know what to tell you, but all those vegetables are considered carbohydrates from a nutritional standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind myself of like, okay, maybe that's not something that everybody knows. So when it comes to educating people about food, what are some areas, some topics that you feel like people don't know about on, on, on average? I'd say the two key pieces is probably protein. Most people aren't getting enough protein, which is leaving them with cravings, right? They're unsatisfied. Um, carbs, if you're having a higher carb diet, that will just, it doesn't fill you up. It doesn't satisfy you. So getting enough protein will help with being satisfied and help with your cravings. And then you kind of mentioned the other is like, how do you, what are carbs? Explaining kind of the, the glycemic index um, and understanding how they make, how they work in your body and what they make you feel. So you had mentioned the um, the, the heart rate, right? And some people you can notice that like, oh, I feel really good. I feel like almost excited and wired, right? Like euphoria if I eat sugar. And then there's the, oh my gosh, I'm Crush. starving. I need food. Give me a quick source of carbs. I'm so tired, irritable. So there's that roller coaster that happens throughout the day. So the glycemic index and, and knowing the different, the levels and and then the protein. Can you break down the glycemic index a little bit more for any listeners that don't know it. Yeah. It's basically like the impact on our blood sugar levels from carbs. And like you mentioned, carbs are fruits and vegetables. And then obviously the grains and the sugars, all of those are carbs and they all break down into glucose into our body. So that rises our, our blood sugar levels. So you're going to have things like, obviously like a cucumber is going to have like, if anything, like a very minimal impact on your blood sugar levels versus maple syrup or sugar or flour or oats, you know, those are going to have a higher. So understanding like I've got the lower, I can just freely enjoy those as long as I'm getting, you know, my protein in freely enjoy those. And then I need to add some of the higher, you know, the starchier carbs, right? I need to have some oats or some rice or some potatoes and in moderation and, and pay attention to how my body responds. And that's how I can decide how much I need. Right. Like, did the meal leave me feeling craving, like more cravings, or did I feel satisfied? 
and it's I feel like the balance is like the buzzword that I use on here all the time. I'm like, it's all mm-hmm. about balance. Well, it is. It is about balance. It's like, yeah, it's not that you can't have oats and potatoes and more of those starchy carbs, but you don't want to be having so much of them that it is causing your blood sugar to spike and causing those bad symptoms that just make you feel not good. Because that's mm-hmm. not what self-care is about. We're trying to feel good as best that we can. Uh, mm-hmm. And being able to know which foods spike your blood sugar. I know I've done some experiments over the past year with some continuous glucose monitors, just mm-hmm. seeing how my my eating habits impact my, my sugar levels. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting. Like I've talked to some other friends that have done it and like we'll eat the same food, but we'll have drastically different blood mm-hmm. sugar reads at the end. So it is very individualized. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, that that's a good thing to know. Like just because you eat a piece of cake and it's your, or have like a bowl of oatmeal and your blood sugar skyrockets and you feel like crap if that's all that you've had. But then mm-hmm. if somebody else has that same thing and they're like, well, I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm good. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. Like everybody is different. We're all special little snowflakes that mm-hmm. have different reactions to different types of foods like that. Mm-hmm. And stress has a huge impact on our blood sugar levels. So today I might respond, uh, I might be a little bit more sensitive to oats because I didn't get enough sleep and I'm overly stressed. So my body might respond a little differently. So it's kind of taking that into consideration too. I did I did the continuous glucose monitor too. I learned a lot from that. It was kind of interesting, but not, I didn't really learn anything that you can't find online necessarily. You know what I mean? Because it yeah. really is about tuning into my body. Because like I said, I could handle oats maybe today, but not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I can't have oats? No. It's just like, oh, wow, that impacted me a little bit more today. And it's also about the balance, making sure that I'm eating the protein and the fat with it yeah. so that my spike isn't so high. Yeah. I know the thing that helped me the most, I think, was that awareness piece because I was able to be like, okay, so like I'm having a spike right now. How do I feel physically? And that's how I was able to be like, oh, I notice my heartbeat a lot more when my blood sugar is increasing. And mm-hmm. so does that mean that every single time my heart is beating and I'm noticing it, that I have a blood sugar spike? No, it does. It might not. It could just be that maybe I'm stressed about something. Maybe again, I'm pregnant. Maybe it's just a pregnancy thing. Who knows? Yeah. But it is one of those things when I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, my heart is beating a little bit faster or I'm just noticing it more. I can go and be like, okay, what have I eaten recently? Like this morning I had French toast and then I was eating an English muffin. I was like, oh, that, that was a lot of sugar. Like I had maple syrup on it. It was delicious. I was very happy about it. I had some protein and some fats with the sausage and the egg. So I was like, it kind of balances out. But I was starting to get to the point that it was too much. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm eating this. I'm starting to have these symptoms. I should probably maybe back off a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it is something that I think is really cool. But yeah, you can find so many things on the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, do you have any resources that you like to share with people that you send people to when it comes to kind of learning more about some of this um, nutrition information? Yeah, I am pretty active on social media with Instagram and Facebook, but I also have a YouTube channel where I put out videos weekly. Um, On my site, I change it up. Right now I have a craving control guide. Um, I probably got to get that journaling prompt one up and do that for a little bit. Um, and I've done like healthy eating ones as well. And then there's um, on my website, you can do a free consultation. You can schedule that with me. Awesome. And we'll kind of reiterate all that at the end of the episode too. And those will be in the show notes, but I love that you have a YouTube channel. I yeah. missed that when I was looking through all of your stuff. I think that's great. This, I don't know. Nutrition's one of those things. Like I, I am an area of my area of expertise is, is exercise. 
that is where I, where I live. And people are always like, well, you know about your nutrition too. And I'm like, I, I don't, um, I know the basics. Um, and it's just one of those things that is so, so, so important that I think it's missed so much when it comes to our self-care. And so I love having any resources that I can send people to, to learn more about how food is impacting their body. Cause it's, it's a big part of it. It's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be more of this information out there because we are competing against diet culture and so many health influencers are out there like promoting perfect diets and perfect bodies and perfect lifestyles. And I am like, no, it's anti-diet. It's all about balance. It's about having a relationship with yourself and your and food and, and just loving yourself, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to talk more about diet culture in a second because yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I have some strong opinions on diet culture, Um, but before I get too distracted, so we talked about education, we talked about awareness um, already on the podcast today. Um, So the last thing kind of of those, those three steps of like, when is it okay to not eat quote unquote perfectly, Um, even though there's no perfect diet, there's no perfect way of eating, but you mentioned upgrades and I love that because that's something that I try to think of, of what can I add to this? Is there a switch that I can make that's still going to satisfy that craving? Or Mm -hmm. like we talked about some blood sugar balance, like, oh, I really want a piece of cake. Like there was one time there was chocolate cake in my house and I was like, I want this, but Mm -hmm. I know it's going to spike my blood sugar. What could I have with it that would help Mm -hmm. minimize that? And so I put Greek yogurt with my chocolate cake. It was Mm kind of like cake and ice cream. And it was really good <laughs> and mm-hmm. I felt better afterwards. So yeah. I would love to hear more about kind of what your thought process and kind of philosophy on those upgrades are. Yeah, it, that's that's a good one, um, the, the Greek yogurt. But it's combining what we learned with education and awareness to make those upgrades. So a lot of times you'll hear online, like, don't eat your carbs naked. So that's what you did. You added protein or fat. So you can either add it with it or do it beforehand or lower the amount of higher glycemic carbs that you have. Like I had mentioned with taking the bun off or only half a bun. Like sometimes I'll just do the bottom bun. Um, So just little things like that. Yeah. Awesome. I like that you said it's a combination of the education and the awareness together to kind of make the best choice for you. It's kind of like that action step. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now let's dive into the one of my favorite soapboxes, <laughs> diet culture, because <laughs> it's it's everywhere. Uh, I know my personal philosophy is there's a reason that there's 50 million diets out there. It's because um, food interacts differently with everybody, and there's different diets that make different people feel better. I have friends who swear by the keto diet. It brings them joy. They enjoy eating that way and they feel physically fantastic. And I'm like, good for you. I like vegetables and fruits Mm -hmm. and cookies and pizza and things that have carbohydrates in them. And that I don't Not only do I like them, but I feel better with them. Yes. Like I know again, I'm stronger. Yes. I've dabbled in like I like to try to experiment because I try not to bash too many things that I haven't tried myself. So Mm -hmm. I have had moments where I've tried to eat lower carb. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel 100%. I didn't feel very good physically, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. let alone like, again, I was stressed because I was trying not to eat certain foods. And Mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, that does not go well with me. (laughs) I'm not good at that. There's a reason I've never stuck to any like diet experiment for longer than I think the longest I've ever gone is a month. I just, 
I don't like having to think about my food that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of like what your thoughts on and that diet culture and how you can move away from it if you're someone who is just so ingrained in it. Yeah. And it goes beyond like the not feeling well, it goes beyond just like the initial phase, like the adjustment phase. But, you know, as the weeks go on, you're like, I'm not feeling well. So you have to ask yourself, does this diet make me feel well? And is it something that is sustainable forever? Right. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, what's going to happen when the diet ends, you're going to go back to your regular way of eating. And obviously that wasn't working because that's why you chose to have the diet. So it really needs to be something that serves you, makes you feel your best. And that is sustainable forever. And I think what is so frustrating is sometimes what people are showing us is like this before and after photo, which is often their before and during photo, because some of the things that they're doing to maintain this image are very unhealthy. And that's going to eventually lead to not good things. So we see this image of somebody online and we think, oh my gosh, I want to be that. But it, it takes a lot of unhealthy habits and patterns and that aren't sustainable to get there. Oh yeah. I know. Um, when I was in college, I was personal training and I had, I can't remember if it was a potential client or a current client or a friend or somebody, but somebody was like, Oh, you're a personal trainer. Why don't you have a six pack? And I was like, because I enjoy pizza and beer. And they looked at me like, well, like I enjoy that stuff too. And I was like, in order to have a body fat percentage low enough to have a visible six pack, Mm -hmm. which also, if you see people on the internet with their muscles showing, they're flexing in the photo. Mm -hmm. They just are. It's Mm -hmm. a fact. Nobody looks like that just walking around. All right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Many, many little, little tangent there, but it's only the perfect angles that they show. Perfect angles. Yes. Those are very, very intentional photos, intentional posing. And for me, I am not willing to have a lifestyle that is going to cut out certain foods for me and have to focus on eating such a a caloric deficit, a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fats, and then stick to my workout strict enough to be able to have a muscle mass like that. I am perfectly happy having a, what I like to think is an above average muscle mass or average muscle mass and Mm -hmm. eat what I want and maybe not have that six pack, but Mm -hmm. enjoy my life. That is so, so worth it to me. And I think like, I mean, if if you do want to focus on how much you're eating to be able to look a certain way, good for you. I'm I'm happy for you. I'm not going to stop you, but you have to be able to know for yourself of like, is that causing you too much stress? Like we mentioned stress isn't good for you. Um, And I just, I know for me, like I want flexibility in my diet. I want flexibility in my workouts. I don't want to have to worry about, well, I have this leg day today. And so I have to have this many grams of protein. Oh, I haven't hit it yet. So I need to have my third protein shake of the day. And I, I, when I tracked my macros for that short month period, that was literally me. I was like, I haven't hit my protein, another protein shake. I don't think that sustainable. No, No. it's not. And like, again, I don't mind protein shakes. Do I want to have three of them every day? No, I don't. That doesn't sound fun to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would love to share my story with you of when I was eating really clean, 
um, like no processed foods and I was fasting and I was working out, I was working with a trainer and I was at my smallest and I didn't necessarily feel great. And what I also experienced is I didn't think it was enough. So I still saw these imperfections in my body and the people around me were concerned with me being at such a low weight, right? They were asking like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like, are you sick? Um, even my personal trainer was like, Hey, you know, this isn't very healthy for you. And so I think, you know, it's more about not just, so even if we reach a certain weight or a certain body style, it's usually not enough, right? That's what I've found to be. And so it really is working on that relationship with ourselves. It's like, what is really important to me? Like, is it okay that I have a little bit of like cellulite here? Is it okay that my belly kind of goes over my pants a little bit when I bend over? Like, is, that's that's okay because one, my hormones are better. You know, when I was that that um, that small, I had lost my period for almost mm-hmm. two years. So that wasn't healthy. So that's kind of what I was talking about. Like, it's not really healthy what they're doing. Um, and it's like, how do I feel? You know, and what's serving me? Like, I couldn't have, like, oh, I'm at my, you know, da- I'm at a family function at my daughter's birthday party and I'm not going to eat the pizza and I'm not going to enjoy the cake and I'm not going to have the ice cream. And almost like a badge of honor that I didn't do that. And it's like, so I'm excluding myself from life so that I can achieve this body that's still not even good enough that I'm not going to be happy with. Like, it just was insanity. And I didn't realize it until I realized it. It's a, it's a tough cycle, I think, to get in of like, okay, well, I want to look a certain way. I want to be a certain size. I want to be a certain weight. And it is challenging to get there. It's not sustainable to get there for a lot of people. And then, yeah, you do have to kind of like pull yourself out of some aspects of life. And you and I, I know people too are like, well, I'm so self-disciplined that I can not eat the pizza or the ice cream. And I'm like, good for you. Um, where is your heart and your soul? <laughs> like, how do you feel physically? And and you adding that layer of it's kind of coming from, yeah, you're, you don't feel like you're enough inside. You're always trying to find that next level of perfection. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear kind of, how did you get out of that cycle of being kind of like too focused on these goals and finding kind of a little bit more of, of love for yourself? No matter where I get in life, we are always going to be achieving something. We are always going to want more like that is human nature. So it's, and that's okay. Like it's okay to be improving ourselves more and more. You know, once I get good at this, I want to get maybe a little bit better. I want to start this. I want to go here. But when we are only always focused on where we are not at, we're unhappy. We'll perpetually be unhappy. When I realized that, then I was like, I really need to start focusing on what I love, appreciate, and am proud of myself for today, where I have come from, you know? And so when I do my journaling prompts that we talked about, I will look at yesterday. So what did I do yesterday that was awesome or that I'm proud of myself for? And it could be like small things like, oh, I reacted in that situation different than what I used to act, react. So just little things like that. It doesn't have to be anything really big, you know? It could be, oh, I showed up for myself. I I went to the gym, even though I wasn't really feeling like it, but I knew that that would actually make me feel good, and I did it, and I felt great. So focusing on those little daily wins. What did I 
what, what am I doing right? What, what am I happy about today? You're right. We, as humans, we always want more. We want to be achieving something new, challenging ourselves. And that's not always realistic or possible. And so I love how it kind of went back to that, those journaling prompts that you were sharing before. Yeah, it is about sharing what are you proud about yourself today? What do you love about yourself today? Mm-hmm. I just think, I think that's so awesome. And yeah, when, when you are practicing self-love actively, I think it is so much easier to take care of yourself because like, think about your loved ones around you. Like, I always want to take care of my husband. I always want to take care of my friends and my family that I love because I love them. I care about them. I want the best for them. And so when you love yourself, it makes all those things so much easier. I think it's easier to go through that process of how am I feeling today? What food am I wanting? Do Is this the best choice for me for food? Mm -hmm. Should I exercise? Should I do something different? Like, do I need to sleep instead? Mm -hmm. It makes those choices so much easier. Like, yeah, like Mm -hmm. I don't need to eat the cake because... It's going to make me feel crappy. And I know that. And I want to choose to feel my absolute best. So I'm only going to have one bite so that I still get to taste it and enjoy it. But I'm not going to feel physically bleh and depressed the next day. Yeah. I think I used to get kind of caught up on like the self-love. Like, do I love myself? And I kind of switched it to be like, am I happy? Because if I'm like actually, like if I have this happiness inside, Mm -hmm. I do have this self-love. I'm working on these self-love things. So if I'm like happy and content with myself, then I can be happy and content and loving for others. But if I'm so unhappy and miserable about who I am and what I'm doing, I can't possibly show up with like, unconditional love and, you know, <laughs> it to, to those around me because I'm so unhappy. I love that. It's, you were talking about how important mindset is earlier. And I feel like that's a big mindset shift. Like we were like, you got to love yourself, self-love, self-love. I feel like it's, it's all over. It's one of the other buzzwords kind of out there for body positivity and, and self-care. And I love that it's, are you happy and content? Yeah. Cause that, that feels so much easier than like, like love is a big word. Mm-hmm. There's, complicated. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot with it. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think I love myself every single day, mm-hmm. but being able to ask myself, like, am I content with myself? Mm-hmm. That feels so much easier to be able mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, I feel content with myself. I feel mm-hmm. happy with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I tell my husband, I almost always love him. I always love him. I don't always like him. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like those kind of that same thing of is I feel like I can almost always be content with myself, but mm-hmm. I might not always like deeply love myself. Mm-hmm. It just that feels that feels so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, am I doing the things today that like I'm happy with? I'm proud of. Yeah, that's that's good. And that that is, doesn't have to be big things, right? Because yeah. I think sometimes we're thinking about like. Oh, did I eat healthy? You know, did I go to the gym? And it just is those small things that we're talking about. Like, did I spend time with my daughter? Did I laugh today? You know, Mm -hmm. I took a nap today and I really needed that. Like, I'm really proud of myself for doing that for myself. So it's like those little things and not necessarily like the being perfect and these things that they say that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the things that necessarily make me content and happy with myself because I could be miserable eating healthy and going to the gym every day. Yeah. And unfortunately there are a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. And life should be about being happy and joyful and doing things that make you feel good. Yeah. Awesome. 
Oh, Jill, I have loved this conversation so much. You've had so yeah, many really too. just great pieces of information, ways of being able to break down, being more aware with your body, finding kind of that self-love, that happiness, that contentness. I just have enjoyed this conversation so much. Where can people find you on the internet when they want to get more Jill in their life? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the weekly videos on YouTube. So um, you can find me whole bean wellness, so like whole bean coffee, but whole bean wellness. Um, I'm on Instagram on a regular basis and just kind of promoting this message and helping people combat diet culture and body image issues and more have more of this self-compassion and self-care and so and grace, you know, for yourself. I love it. Well, all of those will be linked in the show notes. So just scroll up, down, wherever they are, whatever app you're listening to, and make sure you connect with Jill. Thank you so much for coming and taking time out of your day to, to chat with me. It's been wonderful. Same. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Self-Care Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can also send this episode to a friend who you think would benefit from the information. It's a great way to help us grow and help us reach more people. If you want to connect with other like-minded, self-care-focused individuals, you can follow us on Instagram at the Mindful Self-Care, or you can join the Mindful Self-Care Society. It's a great place to connect with others, gain some additional resources, and really help make sure that self-care is a focus in your life so you can always feel your best. Thank you again for listening. I can't wait to be back in your ears soon.